podcast replay is brought to you by Cutter's Edge Total Landscape Solutions. With decades of experience here in South Florida, Cutter'sEdge.com provides fantastic results. Call 954-472-0622. All righty, all righty, all righty. Good morning, one and all. Hope you all had a, a great weekend. As always, we are ready to rock and roll. Ira Winderman will be joining us in a couple of minutes here. Sean Stanley is uh, mastering the program. Of course, David Faronis will stop by at 11. We'll talk uh, with him about uh, Coach Weaver and some other things. Obviously, I'll get into the addition of the defensive coordinator. And um, got a bunch of other stuff uh, I want to get into. I didn't watch too much. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. I didn't watch any pro bowl stuff i did watch the the throwing competition that you guys were complaining about i guess on friday uh i watched that silliness so we'll talk a little bit about that i mean whatever there's not really much to talk about i don't i'm sorry i didn't catch nhl all-star weekend or pro bowl crap or any of that stuff so uh i did watch the 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 tour thing only because you idiots were complaining some of you were complaining about it so I watched a little bit about that, and we'll we'll get into that. Uh, what else uh, we got going on? Heat, obviously, uh, their struggles continue. So uh, th- their problems, their problems run deep, and we'll get into that. Ira Winderman will join us in a couple minutes here, so we'll talk to him about the Heat and their loss against the Clippers last night, one hundred three to ninety five, and some rumors out there too. Uh, obviously, we'll keep you updated on everything Bitcoin and crypto. Very interesting interview with Jerome Powell yesterday. He admitted something that I thought he would never admit, but uh, that was uh, that was strong. Something we've been talking about here for a while. Uh, what else do we have? Super Bowl week, of course, as we get ready for the game. I wish I was in Vegas. I'd give anything to be in Vegas. Uh, my boy Mike called me from Vegas. Hey, you coming? I'm like, no, dude, no Dolphins, no no Vegas for me. I'm not. I have no interest. To, I mean, I have tons of interest to be in Vegas, uh, but it's got to be for the right reasons. And, you know, uh, I'm not interested in going to go see two teams that I don't give a shit about. You know what I'm saying? So. It is what it is. If we're going to go to Vegas, it won't be on a Super Bowl week when my Dolphins aren't playing. It'll be another week that we'll go. But it should be fun in Vegas uh, this week, you know. That uh, that should be pretty cool. They'll have the media event this week. I mean, tonight. Uh, that's the only thing. I while, while I wanted to go to Vegas for the week and cover, you know, the the game and all that, um, I wouldn't have looked forward to some of the BS that you got to cover. You know what I'm saying? It's because I, I, I've been at this for so long and I've done all that crap already that uh, it's not like I'm a newbie and I'm dying to, oh, my God, I'm going to cover my first Super Bowl. No, I've covered several Super Bowls. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Uh, but I do want to see the Dolphins in a Super Bowl. That's what I want to see. That's 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 what I got left. Uh, on the bucket list i've done anything and everything that there is to do with the super bowl being at it covering it locker rooms all that before after during the week all all that crap here away 
whatever, man. I've covered it all. It doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. The Dolphins in the game that would do something for me. That would give me a little a little oomph to the whole thing. So unfortunately, we're not going to be in Vegas. You know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Uh, what else do we have here? What's uh, what we got on a, a little roll call action? Who's first? Steven Gonzalez is in number one. Popeye is in. Let's see. Uh, Alf in. Jimmy. Uh, True Finn fan. Brian Walters. Uh, James Gleason. Uh, Joseph. 308 Big Trucks. Jamie Zoria. Reminding everybody to smash that like button. Cosa Nostra. Miles Deep is in Vegas. Ray Sosa. Nice to see that Jimmy cared about playing basketball for three games till last night. <laughs> Nico Jones. Kyle Cockrell. Yeah, uh, Kyle. Yeah, I I don't deal with the, the, the meme coins aren't uh, something. I know Myro tanked. But that's the problem with meme coins. There's, you know, there's no real use casage for it. There's no real world value to it. You know what I mean? So it's just a, a matter of gambling. Silence Assassin is in to Extreme Horn Dog. Isaiah Ray Varnicus is in New Jersey. Uh, Jay Gelfin is in. He is driving around. Be safe out there. One-eyed Jack, Terrence F. from Detroit. Uh, no, I'm I, I'm not going there for the draft. No, sir. No, sir. Unless the the day of the draft or the week of the draft, you know, a couple days in there in Detroit, if you tell me that U2 or Iron Maiden is performing or something at the same time, maybe I'll drive up there or maybe, drive. maybe I'll fly up there for the draft and the concert. But, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not going up there for I'm not going to Detroit for a concert. I mean for a uh, a draft, unfortunately. Dude 67, Alexis Palenzuela, Gus Gus 1388. Uh to extreme. Uh Mr. Oliveira is in. Lisa Rose. Uh Kahuna Cougar. Ah, Eric, how you doing, my man? Relinthia and Eric, nice to nice to hear from you. Haven't heard haven't heard or seen from you guys in a while. Glad you guys are doing well. Chad is in the house. Tony Masker, Angelo De Jesus, uh, Mike LJ. I uh, just bought a new boat. When I have nothing better to do, I'll worry about a new DC. Uh, well, we'll we'll get into the DC talk after Ira, and I'll explain some stuff that I think we're all getting a little too. You know, uh, the whole thing about the Weaver thing is a little overblown, but we'll uh, we'll get into it. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, the way I'm looking at it. Skylar Timpton, dude, 67, Eric Scott. Uh, George Ceballos. It's so hard to watch the heat nowadays. Any comments on trade or rumors? We will talk to Ira in just uh, three more minutes. I saw one report, which is depressing. So we'll run it by Ira. 
Brian Landis, NorCal is waking and baking in California, and soggy, yeah, soggy and wet California. So let me get this straight. California's got earthquakes, mudslides, floods. You're now getting the back end of hurricanes because they're now coming up the the the, the the Pacific there, and they're going up the West Coast from the South. So now you're getting remnants of of that. You got forest fires. You've got um, snowstorms in sometimes like warm weather time in the northern part of California. Um, crime is through the roof. Uh, I, I don't know. I, like I'm not sure. I I, I just want to visit California and get the hell out. You guys have too much shit going on in California. I just want you to know that. You got way too much shit going on in California. And you people in Oakland, my God, you're losing your in and outs. You're losing every business left and right. They're going, they're leaving because of crime. I don't know, man. California is a mess. I think you, you've had two towns in the last, like, four years disappear because of a fire. Yeah, they literally had two towns that completely burned down to the ground. An entire town. That's some shit. I don't know what goes on there in, in, in California, but it is extreme, dude. Jesus. That place is that place is more volatile than crypto. Okay. I mean, think about that. Crypto is volatile. But California is a hell of a lot more volatile than crypto. Wow. That that thing is extreme, dude. Extreme, NorCal. It's it's amazing how you people in California put up with it. Anyway, all right, let's roll. Let's talk a little basketball with Mr. Ira Winderman and our Acura Pembroke Pines Miami Heat and NBA report. Heat fans, time for the best insight of your favorite team with insider Ira Winderman, exclusively on the Big O Radio Show. It's the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA report. Here's Ira Winderman. So when you go on traveling, right, you stop in California, you bring a raincoat, a gas mask. Uh, do you bring, like, how many things do you take to protect yourself over there? Galoshes? Well, what do you got going on there? I, I, I got no problem with California except for the traffic in L.A. and the traffic, I guess, in San Francisco. That, too. I forgot the traffic. Holy shit, they got a lot of stuff going on in California, man. That is uh, crazy stuff. You know what's even crazier? Some guy named Matt Moore. I thought he was a quarterback. You know what I mean? But apparently the guy also works for the Action Network, and he, and he says we're rumored to Kelly Olynyk and his expiring contract at 32 years old. Tell me it's not true. He'd have had interest for a while and, and, and figure on a short-term basis, they need to get more height in the power rotation. They've made this kind of move the last couple of years. They brought in Dwayne Dedman, didn't work. It did initially, Big O, if you remember. They brought in Cody Zeller, didn't work in the playoffs, but did initially. They need more height. They need another big man. So that when Bam, who's not the biggest big man anyway, goes out, yeah, the Kevin Love thing works off the bench, but they need a little bit more bulk. The thought is Kelly gives them size. Kelly can be a stretch for and get it done also. There's always been a fascination. And as you know, Big O, they've always brought back players. They've always looked at guys that they felt fit in the system. 
that they knew were heat culture type of guys. So it's a matter of what the Jazz can get for him. I think it is possible if the Heat can come up with the resources. The Heat do not have a lot of chips left right now. But as I wrote in my Sunday column at the Sun Sentinel, I think a little bit more bulk in the middle just to have it just in case is needed. And I think a point guard who can defend quick opposing point guards is needed also for that defensive presence. So Thursday might not be a huge day. If it is, I'll jump right on the Big O Show. But I think that there are small little ancillary moves that would make the Heat nominally better. And when you're in eighth place, nominally better to get to sixth place is meaningful. Is it worth it? Is it worth what, what kind of chips are we talking about? Are you giving well, up that's a the thing? I'm not to... giving up another first round pick. I'm not, I didn't like okay. giving up the first round pick for Terry Rozier. So it's just a matter of if you think you can't re sign Caleb Martin and you're going to lose him for nothing, is there something more you can get at the moment? That would be the kind of guy. I know you're a Nikola Jovic fan to a degree, but again, this is a live in the moment team, something like that. I think it would be a smaller piece. The problem will be matching contracts. Once you gave up that Kyle Lowry contract, you don't have a lot of money to make it mesh right there. So, look, that's a smaller piece. Might be part of a multi-team deal. But that's what I think. This is the kind of stuff also that can happen on the buyout market. I'm not saying Kelly's going to force his way out of Utah. But depending where the Jazz stand in the Western Conference race, he might say, hey, final year of a deal. Want to finish it on my terms. I've been the good soldier. So as much as the trading deadline, February 8th on Thursday for the Heat, I would look at the March 1st buyout deadline because I do agree. I think the Heat's moves now after the Rozier trade will be mostly in the margins. You know, Ira, again, see, here's my thing. I, I don't know how much that those kind of moves are really going to make because, you know, I'm watching this team last night and you're 8 of 30 from three-point range. This team cannot shoot threes. It's just not a team that's – and this is a league of threes. Well, last this, night, you didn't, you didn't have Hero and Duncan Robinson, so that's a little bit of an exception kind of game to a degree. I understand overall the percentage actually is not bad this year. They're not shooting enough of them. They're not always shooting the right ones. But I just wrote that at the Sun Sentinel is this, this offense. Here's the problem, Big O. In an offensive league, you've got to be offensive. I understand winning in the mud. Spo wants to play with defense. You know what? You've seen this in football where you can have the great running game, but you got to have the passing game. You've got to adjust to the times. The Heat right now, this Heat roster, this Heat system, put it in the 90s, you got a great team. Put it in the 2020s, and you've got a problem. The Heat are still too stuck, to use their word, in the mud. It's an yes. offensive league. It's a three-point league. You can't keep shooting these two-pointers. They're trying to convince Tyler Hero not to. That's Terry Rozier's game that they traded for. They are playing Stone Age offense. In a high-tech offensive league, I agree. I, I I don't. So why do you keep burying yourself in the abyss? Why not just get the hell out of this already, dude? Why why do you keep putting yourself in this position? Why not get out of these contracts? Why not start moving forward? You're you're actually doing a decent job of drafting and developing. You've got a young core. Let's let's move ahead. Let's start. Let's start getting players that fit more of what you're going to do. You're going to have to go through a rough patch, but it's it's almost. I get it. We've had a nice run here, but that's because the chef in the kitchen maximizes all this. But he does things that nobody else is ever going to do. You're never going to win with this kind of team. It, it's just it's obvious, dude. Just watch it every night. 
And with or without Tyler, my brother, or with or without Duncan, they're still not good enough in the three-point area overall as a team. They don't have enough. And these guys aren't efficient enough as a team at times. And, you know, you, you and I have been talking about this lately that, and I've been I've been harping on this for a while, that I want uh, Bam to play closer to the rim so he can become more of an efficient player because that's who he is. If he's never going to develop a three, then, dude, get back inside a little bit more. It's almost like they they go against the grain on everything. It's a two-point team. Certain players really don't play the way they should play. I, I, I really don't understand this. To me, there's there's no method behind the madness of what's going on with the Miami Heat. Except, Big O, how many teams a season after they make the NBA Finals blow it up? So, so what we have to do here, Big O, is talk about this. Was 2020 NBA Finals? Was 2022 Eastern Conference Finals one shot from the finals? Was 2023 NBA Finals fool's gold? That's the thing. Yes. Now, you, can't, you cannot point to me, Big O. Many teams in many sports, after getting to the championship round or the championship game, who within a year will blow it up. So that's part. I don't want to say a problem because we sure as hell enjoyed the run to the NBA Finals last year. Sure, and who yeah. knows? It might happen again. So that's the thing you have to say to yourself. Was that fool's gold? This team will never acknowledge that. This team, I don't know if this fan base will acknowledge it. I just find it hard to believe, Big O, that a year after making the NBA Finals, a team would just go ahead and blow it up. I, I think that's almost unprecedented. Do teams stay together too long? Absolutely. Do teams stay stuck in the middle mud too long? Absolutely. There's nothing worse than mediocrity, especially when you have lotteries, when you have drafts, when you can make that move, when you can get cap space. So it's almost like the Heat are carrying this 80-pound stone in, in tow because they found a way last year, even last night. Bam Adebayo was asked the question, well, you guys have been through adversity before, and it becomes a crutch. Well, we did it last year. We can do it again. And you know what, Big O? I might still be doing Acker, Pembroke, Pines reports from the playoffs in May and in June. You just don't know with this team. But right. I understand if you look at this team's offense, the 27th scoring offense in the NBA, the only teams scoring fewer are the Portlands and the Charlottes and the garbage teams. So that should tell you something. But instead, Spo sits up there last night and talks about the defense coming around. And you sort of shake your head because you've lost eight of the last 10 games. But right. that's who they are. They really should be the Raptors. Because to a degree, these are the Miami dinosaurs. They are still living in a prehistoric scoring age, thinking it can work. Sort of worked last year. So I guess you got to give them. You always say this on your shows. Even when I'm not doing my Acura Pembroke Pines segment, you always say you have to respect what the Miami Heat have done because they always find a way. So I guess for now, we have to respect the system of they're going to try to beat you 102-99. Hell, tomorrow's game against Orlando, two teams that can't score. I don't know what the over-under is. I know you'll give a line at some point, but you might want to consider the under. Yeah, no, and listen, it, this is a weird dynamic because covering sports for a long time, you think you've seen everything, right? And then all of a sudden, something happens that you have never seen before. Well, in a way, we've never really experienced this because it is fool's gold and then it isn't because it's fool's gold because we all know deep down inside 
if you're objective with yourself. The Miami Heat have zero business winning a title. Zero. They, In fact, they have zero business being in the NBA Finals or being in the Eastern Conference Finals. The last four years, zero business. But yet, here goes Eric Spolstra doing the amazing, the phenomenal, the what you never expect, and maximizing the talent, just like what he did with 31 and 10 and the Scrubberinis, where he almost got those guys, you know, into the playoffs. This guy's been doing this for years now. So that's the part that's not fool's gold because okay. you have to have, you know, a great front office, the best coach in the NBA. And, but you look at the talent and you're like, okay, there's, you know, cause I've been, I said, from the moment you, you acquired Jimmy, if you don't find that other superstar, you're not going to win a, a, a title. And sure enough, you haven't been able to find that other superstar. And that's why there is no other title. We know what titles look like. They used to come with two or three uh, superstars with it. Right. That's how, that's the that's what we've seen. Every time they hang up a banner, there's two or three superstars tied to that team and that banner. We don't have that with this team. And it's the weirdest dynamic. We've never had this kind of dynamic. Well, maybe the one year, I guess, Woodstock with the Dolphins. Maybe that's about the closest I can get to it. This is a weird dynamic that the coaching staff and the front office do enough to keep you interested, even though you look at the inventory sure. and it makes no sense whatsoever. You're, maybe, maybe, have, even, maybe even the Chad Pennington playoff year when his little dink and dunk game got you to the playoffs and you thought you found something when it really was. Right, yeah. that Wildcat fooled people for a couple right. of games. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, although, you know what? That's still flukish. Where this is four straight years. Yeah. Woodstock, flukish. This is four straight and, and, years. And Ziggle, that's the point I'm trying to make is this. Weird. As much as you're a gambling man, I don't think you're betting your, your retirement fund on the heat not making it out of the first round. Or no even into you you just don't know with this team. So and, and the expression we always use with the heat is benefit of the doubt. They have earned the yes. benefit of the doubt. But yes. Are they playing 2024-style basketball? No, they are not. They are trying to get their way to fit in somehow, square peg, round hole, to still make it work. And it might. And they did win seven in a row at one point this season. And they were eight games over 500 at one point this season. And they did seem positioned. So maybe it comes around. Maybe it doesn't. But I do agree with one part you're saying. And this was even true of the 11 and 30 and then 30, 11 finish with the Willie Reed team and those players, this team is mismatched. And I think they know that, but you know what? It's hard to create the perfect team. The Lakers don't have the perfect team. Now the Warriors don't have the perfect team. So at least they're trying like with the Rozier trade to see if they can make something happen. And maybe it is Tyler going out and maybe it is Jimmy when they sit down this summer going, yeah, there's no two year extension, Jimmy. You're either going to play it our way or we'll play it a different way. Uh, people who are just only listening, Big O's shaking his head right now. I totally get that. So that's the thing. I do think you have to let it play out one more time. I don't think it'll be that detrimental for the future because you can trade Tyler in the offseason. You can work something with Jimmy if he doesn't want the extension. And like we say, you can still turn to the young enough kids in the Bams and the Jaime Hawkeses, and you will find your Kevin Loves. You'll find your fill-in pieces also. But right now, it's hard to envision them threading that needle 
to get deep into the playoffs with this offense and this approach and this style unless playoff Jimmy Butler reemerges from the dust like he does at times. And team three-point, because they couldn't shoot threes last year. And they year could either. last year in the playoffs. Boom. So last year it was Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Maybe it'll be Josh Richardson this year. Maybe it'll be Hayward Highsmith or Caleb Martin. Doesn't seem possible. But I got to tell you, after that first play and loss to the Hawks, no one was high on the Heat then, nor were they in the fourth quarter against the Bulls in the no. winner-go-home game. And then Max Struess gets hot. So, hey, it only takes a moment. But we've yet to see that moment. I agree. Yeah. By the way, the Gabe Vincent uh, signing didn't go well for the Lakers. It's Kendrick Nunn all over again. A guy who plays well with the Heat, had an injury passed, shows up. The injuries are nonstop. Kendrick Nunn basically never played for the Lakers before he was dealt to the Wizards. Gabe Vincent's the same situation. There is talk right now that Gabe Vincent might get traded because he's on a favorable contract at Thursday's trading deadline. So there might wind up at the end of the day be no Gabe Vincent era. And that show shows that shows how you know, hard it is to get someone else's project to work in your system. The perfect example is that he had two guys leave this offseason. Gabe Vincent didn't work out for the Lakers. But you know what? Max Struess has worked out fantastically as a do-it-all player, playing shooting guard, small forward, power forward for the Cavaliers. So it is that sort of hit-and-miss kind of thing. The Heat load up these guys. Some guys hit like a Max Struess. Some guys turn into Kendrick Nunn or now maybe Gabe Vincent. Uh, by the way, what Struess is doing is actually rare for one of those kind of heat-free yes. agents. Usually, yeah, the, heat, the Heat project players who've gone elsewhere mostly have struggled. Another turnaround story to a degree now is Derek Jones Jr. is starting for the Mavericks and playing well, but he also but, went to Chicago and to Portland and did it right away. So with very few of heat, these Heat project kind of guys wind up thriving somewhere else because they need the Heat system. Max Struess was always different. He was more of his own man. And, and he was the kind of guy you could see that, hey, this guy knows it. He'll adjust to the system of Cleveland. He'll adjust somewhere else. He gets it. That makes him a little bit different. You know, sometimes um, you've got to deal with a player's body. And it's worth it. You know, Joe Burrow's been injured several times in a very short career with the Bengals. What are you going to do? Get rid of one of the best quarterbacks in the league? No, you're not going to do that. Well, the Philadelphia 76ers have one of the best centers in the league, and he has had a long injury history, and Joel has picked up another injury. Yeah. And it, it's 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 a weird dynamic because sometimes you see that in different sports. Hell, we have it here with Tua. You know, like, what are you going to do? Get rid of one of the best quarterbacks in the league? It's, it, it's, it's hard to do those kind of things. And with Embiid now, that this is devastating you know, for the Sixers. But again, wh what are you going to do? You got to kind of live. You got to take the good and the bad. It's you got sort of like Tyler. It's sort of like Tyler in the playoffs. He can have great seasons. And then the playoffs, two years in a row, he goes down in the playoffs, can't make it to the finish line, and you wind up losing a key component. So it's not only players who get injured, it's when they get injured. And are yeah. they there for the biggest moments? That's what matters most. Yeah, and the Embiid one is probably going to bury the Sixers now. Oh, oh right. I mean, they were great record with them, 2-10 and ten without him. You know, they traded Harden because they wanted the maxi Embiid chemistry. Now they sort of need Harden, who looked very good, by the way, last night for the Clippers. So you know what? You build your team on something. Hey, it's the same in every sport. Injuries at the end of the day will kill you. These all sports are based on superstars. The NBA is the only sport where you only play five at a time, so losing your key component means that much more. 
What do you got going on the Sentinel so folks can check you out? Well, you know what? People don't understand. When I write Ask Ira, I take from the mailbag the questions people ask the most. So the other day I had answered the question, should Tyler come off the bench? We've spoken about it in our accurate Pembroke Pines reports and other people. And people got back to me. It's not fair. Why are you pointing to him? So today I raised the other possibility. Might Terry Rozier off the bench be a way for this team to go to get another defender in the starting lineup to get someone who works better with Tyler Hero? You know, look, Terry came in, obviously was told he's going to be a starter, but things change. You want to maximize it. So in my Ask Ira, I investigated and looked a little into that. And you know what? If you remember Big O, after the All-Star break last season, the Heat changed it up. Caleb Martin was starting. They started Kevin Love. I think you play it out to the All-Star break, which is six more games. And I think then, yeah, when you get a week off, I think Eric Spolstra has to go into the laboratory. And to use his phrasing, has to look at everything and anything for that stretch run that was so productive for the Heat at the end of last season. So maybe that's a possibility. And then I wrote my seemingly once-a-month story, why can't the Heat score? And I spoke to Bam and Kevin Love and Josh Richardson because you have so many weapons here. Jimmy can score and Tyler can score and Bam can score and Jaime Hawkins can score. But they can't score. And at first, they're telling us there's too many injuries. Now they're telling us there's too many scores. Got to figure that out. So it's what yeah. you and I spoke about. Yeah. I, the, only, the only thing I don't like in this conversation is too much accommodating for Tyler Hero. I'm kind of tired of accommodating Tyler Hero. They can accomplish anything without Tyler Hero. With Tyler Hero, they're not accomplishing anything great. We are hanging on to the scowl in the bubble. And we're all waiting for that moment to come back. And that moment has never come back. Uh, the kids never crossed that threshold as defensively. The kid has never crossed the threshold of being uh, reliable and especially durable. Uh, to me, I'm kind of tired of trying to, like you just said, now you start, well, Terry Rozier doesn't play well with Tyler. Well, Tyler doesn't play well with anybody. Okay. Because they don't accomplish well, and, shit. And, 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 and big O, and the, and the point to that being. Okay. The point Bench. to that being, if you give a guy four years at $120 million, you're married. You put a ring on it. That's the difference. And once you put a ring on it, you can't walk away from it because if I'm Mickey Harrison and Nick Harrison, I'm saying like, wait, wait a minute. You guys made the decision to give this amount of money to this guy. Make it work. So the decision with Tyler is not a now decision. The decision with Tyler is a year ago decision at his rookie extension. Once you pay for it, once you put a ring on it, hey, you're wedded to trying to make that work. You can you can wed Katya all you want, dude. You can still put Katya where you want to put Katya. Out this part. I'm out. And just say, hey, yo, brother, I need you off the bench. From here on out, you're better suited off the bench. And I maybe, don't care. And maybe after the All-Star break, we see someone like that. But either way, he has to be a prime component of your rotation at $30 million that, a year. That, that, I have no problem with that. Okay. But I think off the bench is the best place for Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, since the bubble, has never proven to really be that difference maker. You must have in the right. starting lineup because he's just – he doesn't bring it defensively to add some balance. And offensively, he's still too inconsistent as it is. So, you know, to me, I, I just would rather have him off the bench and let's see if Terry and the rest of these guys – and by putting him off the on the bench – I have a better chance of bringing somebody off the bench that actually will give me offense and defense at the same time. Maybe set a better tempo to start the game. I don't know. I just I'll, ta I'll, I'll talk to Spo. I'll tell him what Big O thinks. Yes, please, Spo. Put his ass on the bench. Follow him on Twitter at Ira Heatbeat. Catch his work at the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Make sure you subscribe. Ira, as always, thank you, my brother. We'll catch up next week. Catch you next week in our accurate Pembroke Pines report. Thanks, Big O.
Thank you, sir. And, of course, the great people at Acura Pembroke Pines, they have got it going on. 15601 Pines Boulevard, just off of I-75 in Pines. They got a large selection there. They got a brand, a, a, a lot that is loaded with a bunch of brand new vehicles and a lot of a lot of uh, certified pre-owned vehicles, and they look like they're brand new right now. The 2024 Integra, you can get it for 329 a month. The 2024 RDX 459, the MDX 499. We've got the customer appreciation sales event going on right now at the number one volume sales dealership. In the, in the United States, I was about to say Southeast because they've been number one in the Southeast for like 13 years, but now they are number one because they were like number two, number three for many years. Now they took over the number one spot in the United States, and that is Craig Zins, Acura of Pembroke Pines. You've been listening to the Acura of Pembroke Pines, Miami Heat, and NBA Report with Ira Winderman. When you're looking for award-winning service and great deals from the number one volume Acura sales dealership in the Southeast United States, you go to Craig's in Acura of Pembroke Pines at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Ride, a ride, a ride. Thank you all out there as always. Appreciate you all. Uh, it's just the, the heater... It's like it's a weird bunch, man. It's a weird dynamic. I, I like there's there's no shot you feel this team should win a title. None. None of these last four years or this year. And yet they go farther than any of us ever expect. It's the weirdest thing. I've never sensed any. We've had flukish seasons. Like I, you know, like I just uh, the, the Panthers, when they got to the Stanley Cup, the first goal round against Colorado, clutch and grab team. They could barely score with a fistful of dollars in a whorehouse. I mean, if they got two goals in one game, that was like watching these Panthers with only four or five in a game. Okay? That's like normal for our Panthers now. Those Panthers that got to the Stanley Cup in 96, if they got a second goal on the night, that was like high-powered scoring, and they got to the Stanley Cup. Woodstock year, freakish, flukish, got to the Super Bowl. I think Ira had a good one there with the Chad Pennington year and the Wildcat crap. You know, you fooled a couple people, especially the Patriots. You picked up a couple cheesy wins, and it got you the division. You got you snuck into the playoffs. It was an aberration, totally flukish. But that's how flukish seasons happen. It's just one. This is four. That's that's crazy. Four. How do you do that? We've never been involved in anything like this. I've been covering sports here for 34 years. I've been following sports for 50 years since I was a child here. I think I've seen any and every scenario out there. I've seen for any team. I've seen most of the flukish seasons. I've never seen anything like this with the Miami Heat. Never seen anything like this. I don't count them in at all ever to win a title under this bunch. But somehow or another, they get a hell of a lot farther than I ever thought they would. 
Now, I don't have a problem with the rebuild because they have already proven to me that they're a great franchise. They bring titles, tons of winning seasons. So I don't mind getting rid of Butler. I don't mind moving on and turning the page and having a transition year or two. I just don't mind that. It doesn't bother me with the heat. You know, with the Marlins, of course, it bothers me because you're constantly a disaster. You never do anything for us. So that's different. So I'm going to treat you differently. I'm going to treat the Dolphins differently than I'm going to treat the Heat. Because the Heat is just a, the elite organization in town. Everyone strives to be the Miami Heat. That's why they can afford, in my eyes, to take a, a step back or two and clear out some of this already. Because it, it's almost like you're chasing your tail, basically is what you're doing. You're just chasing your tail because you're not going to win shit, but you're making the coach, you know, work his ass off and and really be the best coach in the business just to get you to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals. Like, Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the NBA the last four years by miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. It's not even close. Okay, anybody that's won championships in the last four years, they can't even touch his jock. It's really weird. Hell of a dynamic, and it's frustrating also because you know you can't win, yet that dude, that coaches, just finds a way to maximize the hell out of everything. All right. Uh, let's see that fistful of dollars in a whorehouse made me spit up my coffee. There you go, Ray. Sorry about that. Katya about to leave hero for a more promising business investment. Well, I mean, the kid's producing money. Katya's got plenty of money and plenty of everything else too. Uh, the roster was nowhere near championship caliber. You just had one of the greatest coaches of all time in Spo and Jimmy turning into Jordan. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Ira, the offense is bad with or without Tyler. Yeah, I know. That's why when he was saying that, I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> You're missing Tyler. You're missing. They suck anyways. They're a two-point team with or without those guys. Uh, weed is off the charts everywhere. Not sure what that means, but enjoy. Uh, Eric says, did you hear about the reporter who asked Todd Bowles if the Bucks were doing anything special to prepare for the weather in Detroit? Yes. Yes, I saw that. The indoor stuff. The homeless is really, really bad. The fentanyl crisis is horrible. Fentanyl has been bad, and then before that, it was all kinds of other drugs. So, you know, brother, we had the, the whole crack thing, and then we have uh, opioids, and we have all kinds of stuff. We, we've, we've had drug issues in this country forever, bro, forever. It's just fentanyl is the latest one. And when fentanyl fades out, a new drug will take over and and it'll be all over the place and then they can make a, a big uh big uh deal about that one too 
Uh, what else do we have? Weaver is getting to be in charge of a defense that has some great players. All right. I guess we might as well start getting into a little Dolphins conversation since the Miami Dolphins hired defensive coordinator Anthony Weaver. He was the D-line coach and the associate head coach for the Baltimore Ravens since 2021. And I got to tell you, the the whole thing about hiring Anthony Weaver, so many of you have missed the point. And the point is, Anthony Weaver is going to be fine, dude. I'm not worried about Anthony Weaver whatsoever. I wasn't worried about Fangio. He did a terrific job overall. I get the Tennessee thing is going to be a sore spot for, for all of us. But overall, the shortcomings of the Dolphins weren't the defense. Oh, by the way, the year before, I'm going to stay consistent. Josh Boyer was not the problem. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of chatter, a lot of writing, a lot of social media posts. You got people talking about it on television and debating it on this show and talking about it on that show and all that stuff. Anthony Weaver will be just fine. That has nothing to do with the issues with the Miami Dolphins. The issues with the Miami Dolphins two years ago was Mike McDaniel. The issues with the Dolphins this past year was Mike McDaniel. And the issue that we need to resolve going into 2024 is Mike McDaniel. It's Mike McDaniel and his undisciplined team. It's Mike McDaniel and his unorganized offense. It's Mike McDaniel and his inconsistent play calling. So I'm not exactly sure what the big deal is about debate whether Anthony Weaver is going to do well or he's not or this or that or what kind of defense he runs or will he adjust or will he be more like Fangio or will he be a guy that will adjust with what's going on. Who gives a shit? Because my issue with the Miami Dolphins right now is the head coach and his offense. I had no problems with Josh Boyer. I have no problems with Vic Fangio overall. And I know I'm not going to have a problem pretty much with Anthony Weaver. So I'm not exactly sure what the big deal is. Okay? Because the issues have not been resolved yet. And it wasn't defensive coordinator. It wasn't defensive coordinator two years ago. It wasn't defensive coordinator last year. And it won't be defensive coordinator this year. Okay. So let's get this shit straight. And let's stop wasting time and dicking around and talking about things that make absolutely no sense. Oh, how will they, how will Weaver use this? That what what are you worried about? They will have enough talent on defense. They will be fine on defense. Will Mike McDaniel stay with the run when he's supposed to? Can he get a goddamn play in on time so his quarterback and his offense can actually be prepared? Will they screw it up on third downs 
and commit pre-snap penalties? Will he win a challenge? You know, there's a lot of issues, and they're all on offense. And by the way, the head coach kept around Danny Crossman. So let's talk about those issues, not the Anthony Weaver silliness that I've been watching and listening to the last couple of days. Anthony Weaver will be more than competent to do this job. Okay? More than competent. He'll be fine. I'll predict that he's actually going to do a good job, and it won't mean shit. Just like whatever Fangio did didn't mean shit. Whatever Boyer did didn't mean shit. Because what Boyer did didn't mean anything when Mike McDaniel doesn't know what down it is in a playoff game against the Bills. So let's stop with all the silliness. You know, it's kind of like what we let's throw this out there to keep you like busy when, uh, when you're not really focusing on the issues. And the issues are not on defense. The issues are all on offense and with the head coach. So that's my opinion on Anthony Weaver. I'm not worried one goddamn bit about Anthony Weaver. Anthony Weaver has nothing to do with the issues here, just like everyone else. Okay? That's on defense. So let's stop with the silliness. Uh, true Finn fan, thank you for the love on the super chat, sir. Facts as always, Big O. It's um the head coach. Yes, exactly. Uh, Big O, do you think a Dolphin should get another offensive coordinator? And No, there isn't. Uh, he's not going to get one. You can forget about that. You can see what's going on. It has nothing to do with that. He is dead set on calling it himself. Okay? Uh, if we get a new OC, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, Tua not being able to step up in big moments in December is also a factor. Let's not ignore the fact. Uh, Francisco, whatever floats your boat, my brother. Uh, the Dolphins haven't been able to step up in December in 20 years, my brother. So, you know, but th that's all right. The short-sighted think it's all on the quarterback. You know, that's fine. Uh, that's all good. The people that don't know shit about uh, football think it's all on the quarterback. Let's Let me just put it that way. So, uh, Francisco Rivero, you know where I'm coming from. Okay, those that blame all on the quarterback, they don't know shit about football. Got it, Francisco? Are we good on that? Uh, McDaniel, yeah, okay. Enough, enough with McDaniel needs to give up play calling and he needs an offensive coordinator. Please go waste your time somewhere else. Look, if you're going to say stupid shit, then don't say anything at all. That's all. It's not going to happen already. Okay, move on. Move on already. Move on. Let's judge McDaniel for calling plays. And if he doesn't call them right this year, 
and he does the same thing he's done the last two years. His ass is on the street. That's all. It's pretty simple. That's all. Move on. There's no changes being made. Move on. Stop talking stuff that makes no sense. It's not going to happen at all. The guy is dead set on being that ma the man. Even though he can't do it, he's dead set on being the man. So we'll see if he can actually get it done this year. Since he can't get it done the first two years, but he's dead set on doing it this year. And by the way, they have to do it this way because if not, it becomes a disaster for the entire franchise. Because then they just basically prove that they made the wrong hire. So it's it's live and die by the sword. That's what's going to happen. So stop with the silly suggestions. None of that's going to happen. It's a waste of time. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, there's no problems with the cap this year. That's uh, all made up by people in the media. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. There is nothing average, much less special about Crossman. Yes, uh, Crossman is terrible. Um, but what are you going to do? That's that's on McDaniel. He kept Crossman around. Fire his ass. At the end of the next year, you will see. If the special teams units can't get it done, if McDaniel can't call plays and can't get the offense and can't stick to the run, his ass is gone too. I told you. We hit the crossroad. Now it's make or break for him this season. Or if not, he's going to pay a price. And so will the rest of us. Uh, Adolfo, big old question. Have you seen Tracy Chapman perform live? If so, how good is she on my bucket list? Adolfo, I got to tell you something. You know, I am, I'm not the right person to ask because folk music for me is kind of boring. And so Tracy Chapman's Fast Car song, I was never really that much of a fan of it. Now, I saw on social, I didn't watch the Grammys at all, okay? I don't watch any award show. I don't watch Oscars, Grammys, Tonys, Emmys, Golden Globes, whatever, dude. I don't watch any of those things anymore, okay? Um, but I saw everybody talking about Chapman and Luke Combs uh, duet doing Fast Car. And that's the only song I know of Tracy Chapman. Like, that's her only hit she had back in the MTV days in the 80s when she had that hit, right? And I, I'm, I'm just not that guy that's too much into folky music, so I, I'm not a good... I'm not a good person to listen to of that because I'm a little biased. I find folk music a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times to be boring as hell. And the fast car song is eh, whatever. Now I will say this. I watched the Luke Combs version with her. I actually like it. I think it enhanced that song having Combs in it. How do you, how do you, what do you think about that? But again, I'm not a good judge, okay? I wouldn't go to a Tracy Chapman concert if you fucking paid me, okay? You can pay me and say, hey, 
I'm going to give you $100 to go to a Tracy Chapman concert. And I'm going to say, no, thanks. Awesome. Have a great life. My, my world will be perfect and I will not miss a damn minute and will not regret not going to a Tracy Chapman concert. Okay. So while there's this whole euphoria of people talking about it and all that, I'm going to be the sourpuss to tell you, I don't give a shit about Tracy Chapman's music. Okay. Fast car was eh, whatever, dude does nothing for me to be quite honest. So you're going to have to ask somebody else about Tracy Chapman. I'm not the guy to ask, but I will admit the version with Luke Combs is a much better version than the original version with her. Okay. So that's my, that's my Tracy Chapman comment on that one. Eh, does nothing for me. Oh, special, special needs team raises hand emphatically. Pat and Asha. Let's see. Um, Mr. Spock, 100% big O. If Mike McDaniel continues with sloppy stuff pre-snap, he will be fired. Definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over again. Expect a different result. I'm not salty. It's just, eh. What can I tell you, bro? It's just, you know, this whole thing about Weaver. It's like, no big deal. I, lo- I love the hire. Doesn't mean shit to me. It's still all a McDaniel, you know? And as for Tracy Chapman, it's fast car song. Like, it's like I, I'm watching uh, Taylor Swift, right? She's like standing there and like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, well, whatever, dude. Sure. Uh, that song's really got me going. Uh, too extreme. McDaniel just needs to get his shit straight and actually correct the mistakes he made the last few years. If not, then Chris Greer will have to start looking for a replacement head coach. It'll be tough on Chris Greer. Chris Greer really can't afford to to have Mike McDaniel fail. Let's be honest. It's not good for the front office to fail on the two coaches you've hired. That's not going to be good for those three guys. They really need McDaniel to succeed. You know? Because they've done a great job on the personnel side, but you've got to be able to hire a head coach, you know. Uh, um, thank you, Sean. Alf is in the house. When your offense is more accomplished unit six than one, um, then you have the responsibility to be consistent and perform in big games. The system is great. The operation is not. 100%. Hundred percent. It's just after the lack of organization. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's disturbing. You know, you want to have all this motion. Well, dude, you better coach them up and be clean. So if you can't handle the motion, then don't do it. And if you want to have these plays that are, you've heard them out. They're like eight sentences long. Man, get it in on time. So the quarterback can come to the line with 8, 10, 12 seconds left, look around on the defense, adjust, make a, you know, whatever. He knows maybe the play is not a good one. You can, you know, opt out of that one. And 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 uh, and I'm sure he has a check with me system. 
So he'll get to opt out into the next one. But if you get it in late, you can't adjust your, your protections. You can't change the plays. You know, you, you've got to be a cleaner head coach, man. And the penalties, the pre-snap penalties, wow, they he they lessened this year, but then they reared their ugly heads in the Kansas City game like crazy. And that's the kind of shit that just it's it's what you're saying, Alf. The operation is not, there is no organization for Mike McDaniel. You know, when you're standing there on, on the Buffalo sidelines two years ago and you don't know what down it is, like you're the head coach, dude. That shit can't happen, man. So you're a thousand percent right. Uh, McDaniel overthinks the offense, needs play calling that is faster and less dependent on pre-snap breakdancing. There we go. Ain't no stopping us. Uh, let's see. Jermaine, I have no reason to believe McDaniel will be able to make adjustments to his play calling. I haven't seen it in two years as a head coach and play caller. And Jermaine, you, sir, are a thousand percent right. Because it's two years in a row. And, and no, and not only is it two years in a row, for me, the worst part was the lie. Like he can't, he stood there and said, I realized I didn't run enough. I even apologized to Mostert. And then here we go. There's the playoffs and there's Mostert running like a, like, like a dog. And it's third and one and fourth and one. And he got you there the entire drive. And you just turn to him and say, F you, we're going with, we're going to pass now. And you just lied again to Raheem Mostert. You know, that's that that to me was like, really? Yeah, and True Finfan says, Fast Car was a stupid song, in my opinion. Never cared for Chapman's music. It's just the folky music has nothing for me. Oh, top artist you would like to go back in time to see before they were gone. Mine is Stevie Ray Vaughan. Well, I'm going to go Jimi Hendrix, but I have no problem with Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, you know. That's that's a that's a badass right there. Stephen Harris, good morning. Ozzy Fisher, thank you for the love on the super chat. Remember, you can always make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. Morning, Big O. Would you trade Hill if a team offered a first round pick? His contract is crazy. Bum, we we uh we oh we didn't re-meet in Vegas this week, had to cancel like you. Yeah. No, you know, what are we gonna do, man? Our boys didn't make it to Vegas, so we're not going either. Uh, I would not trade Hill. No, 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 no. No. I need to fix my offense is what I need to do. Um, Hill's not the problem. Hill's part of your solution, my friend. So I'm sticking with Hill. Uh, do you think the execution is due to poor practice habits, how guys didn't know plays at the end of the year is mind-boggling? Nicholas, whatever it is, poor execution, practice, concentration, whatever it is, you better find a way to fix it. I don't know what it is, but it's consistent. It's been happening two years in a row. Big O, good point. They were actually jumping our, our snap count, and Tua still made it happen most of the time. I know. And by the way, the 
blo- the pass block rate of uh, the Dolphins was like 31st in the NFL. So it wasn't like he was, you know, had a, had this amazing amount of time or anything. But that's all right. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Alf says, fast car is the Salvan Ahmed of Luke Combs songs. That's a good one, Alf. I like that. I like that analogy. You know, I sometimes I think they're it's like they make they make that song and her career more than what it really is. You know, they make it sound like she had this phenomenal career and oh my god, Tracy Chapman, one of the great artists of all time. No, dude, she had one song. And by the way, that song, eh, you know, I, I've i never met a person in my life that said my favorite song of all time is Tracy Chapman and Fast Car. I can meet people that will say, hey, Queen, this is my favorite song. Van Halen, this is my favorite song. Taylor Swift, this. Beyonce, this. Jay-Z, this is my favorite song. I can hear people say that and see them say that i've never heard anyone in the history of time tell me that tracy chapman is their favorite artist and fast car is a song that i can't live without never heard it but somehow or another we're gonna make tracy chapman what she isn't a legend we're gonna bring her back on the grammys to sing the one song that she had as a hit, and it's a song that a lot of people could give a rat's ass about. Seriously. I know more people that will tell me, Fast Car, big freaking deal, dude. Who gives a shit? I'll meet more people that'll tell me that about Fast Car then I've met people. Oh no, that's a phenomenal song. Oh, what a great, what a phenomenal. Oh, wow. I jam it all the time. Never met that person in my life. So I I don't get it. I never got it back in the eighties. I still don't get it now. Okay. Decades later, I still don't get it, but God bless her. Plenty of people have milked one hit and they've had it forever, right? And they can, you know, jam it forever. And I guess more power to her. But Fast Car is not a song that gets my boat floating in any which way possible. In fact, when I hear Fast Car, it's like the Titanic sinking fast. Me and DiCaprio sinking fast our number two and what do you got there what the hell is that the chiefs oh they got the chiefs helmet on the uh on the sphere okay all right and then of course you're gonna put the niners helmet of course that makes sense okay all right there you go all right our number two and david Ferronis. we'll ask him if he likes Tracy Chapman and Fast Car. Maybe that's his favorite song. Maybe David Ferronis jams Fast Car on his way to camp every day to cover the Dolphins. 
Hour number two is next.